Hello, I'm Arvin Hickman, and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. Influencer marketing has become an important part of the marketing mix, with estimates that brands could spend around $15 billion this year on influencer marketing alone. But as budgets have grown, so too has scrutiny over a sector that has been rocked by poor practices, a lack of accountability, and cases of influencer fraud. You might recall the Netflix documentary Fire, the festival that never happened, which in some ways was one of the most successful influencer campaigns documented, except the marketing and hype certainly didn't live up to expectations. In the UK, the Advertising Standards Authority has also been on the offensive, sanctioning influencers for not being transparent in how they market products, and has just launched an advertising campaign to warn social media users about influencer rule breakers on Instagram. That said, there is a reason why brands are investing heavily in influencer marketing. When done well, it is a very cost-effective way to reach new and loyal audiences. To discuss all facets of influencer marketing, I am joined by Marco Batozzi, who is Whaler's new EMEA president, and Brad Smallwood, the former vice president of marketing science at Facebook and Instagram's parent company, Meta. Welcome to you both. Hi. Hi. Now, Marco, I understand you have an extensive history in digital media and previously held senior roles at Spotify and Starcom. Can you give our listeners a brief introduction about Whaler and what it does? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I'm sort of a a living embodiment of the the title. So I spent a a big chunk of my career in the digital media front and lots of data and cookies and uh, measurement from that perspective. I then was running sales at Spotify across EMEA and I think that gave me the first opportunity to see the power of of creators and in this case artists and podcasters so I joined um, I joined Whaler because I could see that there was just this the influence and and the power that these creators had over their audience and fans was going to be something that brands could really tap into I think as far as uh, Whaler is concerned, I, you know, we see ourselves as a, a creator commerce company in summary, because, you know, really what we're doing every day is in, is empowering creator commerce. And if, you, you know, the, the strands of our business, if we break that down, kind of makes us reasonably unique. We've got three key strands in the business. So we have the brand partnerships where we're bringing brands and creators together. We have the talent management uh, where we're actually representing talent in the marketplace. And we've got some amazing SaaS tech, which is really empowering creators and sometimes their managers to really, uh, in summary, kind of create more, if you like, and do more. So across all of those things, the, you know, we, we see ourselves as a company that's, that is really focused on um, driving, those, driving that revenue for those businesses and, and empowering those creators. Okay. Now, Brad, just give us a bit of a, a rundown in your background, uh, especially with Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, of course, is one of the most popular platforms for influencers. Uh, what, what's your experience told you about influencer marketing? Yeah, well, I, I was at, uh, I guess it's Meta now. I was not there when it was actually Meta. Um, but uh, um, I, I was at Meta for, what, 13 years or so. So, you know, kind of saw the uh, evolution of social marketing because you know when i when i started at, at facebook it was you know i think the the term that people were using is you run these little postage stamp ads how could they possibly work um and you know then you know obviously back in 2012 we acquired instagram 
uh, but at that point didn't have an ads business at all. It didn't have a marketing business at all. And then kind of helped figure out how to kind of have it um, evolve into a real marketing platform. And then I would say kind of the next phase is, well, influencer marketing, which I know it sits on top of Instagram, but there is, but you know, it's, it is kind of different than that, that kind of real, um, uh, you know, that where you're doing this broadcast type of, of marketing, um, where you're actually using the creatives as, uh, as the, the person that's telling your message. And it's, but it is kind of this, uh, this evolution and each one of them, each, each step along the way, I think has created different, different challenges, but also these kind of real opportunities for, for marketers, which is why, as you mentioned at the, at the outset, that's why the, that's why it, I don't want to say it's the money that, that keeps coming. It's actually the interest comes and the money kind of follows. Yeah, which, which is great. And your, your experience is, is spot on for this podcast because you've always seen the evolution of it from, I'd say, from its inception. Uh, obviously, influencer marketing, you know, it's an important consideration for many brands, but it is still relatively new, isn't it? I mean, uh, and, you know, it has some teething problems, let's be honest. Um, some describe it as the wild west of marketing. Uh, Marco, what are some of the major challenges that, that you sort of encounter at, at Whaler with, with clients and, and influencers? The way we look at it is challenges is a strong word. I think, you know, as as with many of the new areas of marketing that come to the surface, there's a, there's a big education job to be done. I think there's also, there's always a spectrum of companies, right? And and I think, yes, there is a there is potentially that perception that way back when that it was someone would send a product and someone would, you know, stand there smiling with it and, and move on. And, you know, there is... There is still that kind of legacy perception amongst some marketeers. Yeah, I think it's worth bearing in mind that has definitely moved on and accelerated considerably. The you know the the trends in the marketplace that we're seeing at the moment that mean that you know we that brands can take advantage of that. We're seeing this this move, I guess, from influencers to creators. Right. So I think influencer is the default term often used. At Whaler, we prefer to talk about the creators because it's actually on a spectrum of, you know, how, how we see the world and, and how we talk to brands about it. It's those creators that are, they're coming at it from a from a completely different perspective, you know, from where we are. So for us, creators are storytellers, right? They are versus just showcasing stuff that they are either practitioners of or experts in or strong views on. And they can be photographers or activists or um, anything you want, really, but they come with that level of expertise. And, you know, those creators, because of that quality they're bringing, they also then have a fandom around them that is absolutely loyal. And it's really those creators that there's purportedly 50 million creators out in the world that are engaging in in this. Probably a smaller number of those are 100% that's their career. But it's a huge, huge market. And, you know, the, when we talk to brands about it, we've got to realize that those creators, they're kind of controlling, they're controlling the content, they're controlling the audiences, and they're controlling the access to those communities. So as we talk to brands now, it's really when we're educating them on the fact that there's a whole world of absolute quality that they can engage with and be part of. What's your sort of take in this, Brad, in terms of the perception versus reality issue around influencer marketing? The um, influencer marketing word is, uh, and it doesn't it doesn't do justice to what actually is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you think back to like the very first uh, television commercial 
I think it was a, it was like Bolova watch or I'm probably butchering the name, but it was like, you know, somebody literally reading, uh, reading a radio spot. Uh, and that was the commercial. And I, I know everybody's kind of probably seen it. What a creator is actually doing is like they, um, they, you know, we're, we're in that early phase where, yeah, it's, it's not as bad as all that, but they're figuring out how to talk to their community. But the amazing thing is that they've actually built their entire, um, uh, following based on how they talk to their community, uh, their community already. So they know how to talk to their community. The question is, how do you kind of correctly bring an advertiser along into that community? And that's, so yeah, it's, we're at that, but we're at that beginning phase of how best to do that. And you know, we're not, we're not doing it on one television spot or one broadcast medium. Every creator is different. How a creator should kind of put, um, put an advertiser into kind of into the way that they talk is different. And so we're on that kind of very early, um, uh, early step, but it is kind of a, it is very much kind of like any beginning form of medium. You're trying to figure out how to, how to actually make it work and how to kind of, uh, how to honestly fold it in. I think what you do have with the creators, which is unique and why it's so valuable, is that the people that are uh, listening to those creators are not, you know, they did, they weren't, they aren't told to, they've chosen to. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point, isn't it, about the whole engagement side of things, isn't it? You've really got an audience that is choosing to to listen or to watch what that content creator is doing. How do you, how do you sort of get that authenticity piece right, though, Marco? What what are some of the common mistakes that you see, and 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 some when you see good examples, what what do they look like? Well, I think like a lot of the effort needs to go into um, that sort of upfront briefing and understanding of of what the project entails. I think a lot of projects can fall over at that stage, you know, and a lot of relationships. And bear in mind, we're talking about relationships that go anywhere from a, you know, a one-off piece of work to multi-year relationships, ambassadorships and so on. So there is quite a lot in there. But I think, you know, the one thing we have to sort of uh, everyone has to come to terms with a little bit is that although, yes, we will help guide and yes, we will make sure that a brand is is comfortable with what is being put out in the world. They have to sort of release some of those boundaries that they would normally have when they're creating their own TV ad, like, right? If yeah. they're making their own TV ad, they're going to absolutely want everything down to the last letter to be designed in some shape or form by them or a creative agency in this space you you have to trust in that uh, you know in that relationship and uh, the fact that this uh, if a creator has managed to get tens of millions of of people following them they must be doing something right so i think that's the hardest thing speaking up on that point about trust it's 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 a really interesting point that you raise because i guess that kind of goes against a, a the natural instinct of a marketer generally you know everything all the creative on on an ad for example you know all everything's been signed off there's been many many layers um to approve that but with with influencer marketing you almost have to trust the content creators to do the right thing and to do it in in their unique style I want to um, ask Brad you about measurement. It, it's obviously one of the most important elements. You know, how do you measure success? How do you measure how effective a campaign might be? Uh, what is your take in terms of measurement in the influencer marketing space? Yeah, I mean, this answer is probably not going to be as uh, complete as uh, I think any marketer would want it to be. I mean, we are in the early stages, uh, like with any uh, medium of kind of of being able to measure. Um, 
but like that doesn't mean it's not measured. It just means that it's not at the at the end point of 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 how we're going to end up measuring this this medium. And and you know, I, I apologize for keep going back to uh back to old forms of media, but like it is kind of important like every form of media so and just, you know, I ran marketing science, but I basically built Facebook's uh measurement system over the the time I was there. And like you know, you start with this idea that you're going to measure some very basic things, which sound very basic, but are actually quite difficult in every form of media. So you start by, by, by understanding the delivery. Where do the, where do the ads uh, show up? Who did they show up to? Um, uh, how did they actually render? Like all of these kind of basics about what actually happened when the message ended up in front of the consumer. Um, you know, things like viewability, all those kind of things are there. And, and honestly, I think we're, if, you know, if you were to look three or four years ago, um, influencer marketing was pretty much nowhere. There was, it was relying on the influencer to just say how many followers they had. And then that was, uh, that was the number. And now we actually have metrics coming from most of the major platforms, which, you know, Whaler is, is, uh, plugged into and kind of actually helping the industry kind of think about actually those delivery metrics. Um, but that's kind of step one. Step two, again, you know, is looking at attitudinal changes. And you look at attitudinal changes by looking at what it be, um, ad recall, people remembering that the message was in front of them. How did it change their perceptions of brands and, um, and things, and things around likability? Um, is this a brand like me? You know, all these kind of brand metrics. Uh, again, you know, I think, it, uh, at Whaler, that's been a real focus from very early on with a, a bunch of different tools. But a lot of people, when they're talking about measurement, are actually talking about the last category of things, which is behavioral changes that happen as a result, uh, as a result of seeing an advertise, advertisement or any sort of message, I should say. And that's in store, in store sales, um, honestly, uh, like long-term brand trackers and things like that, uh, changes in media mix models and all of that. And there, you know, again, it's, although there are things that are being, uh, are being done in there, those are, it takes a long time to, to kind of, uh, measure those things for any new medium. And uh, to give you some reference points, as, you know, a lot of people at, at Facebook will remember back in 2012 when we were going public, um, there was a big story that came out. I think it was, uh, three days before we went public about how Facebook ads didn't work. Um, we had actually done a tremendous amount of work in those first two sets and we had done a bunch in the third set, but we actually hadn't published them, but the ads were working. They were no different than they are today. It's just that the kind of that measurement picture hadn't been uh, completed yet. And I think that's kind of where we are in influencer marketing is kind of beginning the really beginning that third step. It doesn't mean that we don't know that ads actually lead to behavioral changes. It just means that we aren't plugged into all those tools um, that actually show that the ads do that. And so I think it's really kind of a great time for the industry because it's when you actually get into that third step that it's not, it's not, it's not that the money flows. It's that the belief and the trust in the system, um, are like, it's there and everybody's like, oh, well, why wouldn't I invest more, uh, in this space? Okay. I'd like to get your take on that, Marco, in terms of measurement. How do you do things at Whaler? And what sort of KPIs do you recommend? Uh, brands monitor when it comes to some um, influencer marketing campaigns the, the way i look at it is if you if you think about it in the wider digital ecosystem it you know it's never been easier to to reach and target people it's never been harder to engage them so we still believe very fervently that we need to sort of keep keep track of those core metrics 
uh, and behaviors that we're seeing, how we're seeing people respond to what we're putting out in the world. So, um, of course, we'll do any brand will want to know all of the basics around uh, reach and impressions. We prefer to dig deeper into the engagement side of it. There are multiple different ways that uh, you can measure on the engagement. It's great to understand you know, how people are engaging and what the ratios of that are, right? So it's not just um, total numbers. It's like, well, you know, what percentage of, of all the actions were something that you could say was like a positive engagement? So we've got to do all those, what I guess we call brilliant basics that a brand would would want. We then, you know, what we try and do, we, we encourage the brand up this studies. I think, you know, Brad mentioned that a little bit we encourage that kind of work as well. We really want to understand if if our uh, if the advertising is actually making an impression on people, and that could be, you know, NPS scores, uh, brand intent, purchase intent, and so on. So, you know, again, familiar metrics to the industry, but it's making sure that we employ them wherever possible, and 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 actually encouraging brands to employ them rather than kind of you know just being happy to deliver deliver whatever stats that come from come from the platforms and that data side of it is is also an interesting there's a kind of practical side to this which is something that we've really focused on we have uh, a platform called echo that kind of sits at the heart of our business and really the usp of that platform is it's drawing down first party data from all of the big platforms from TikTok and from Instagram and so on. So a big ask from brands is not just what the metrics are, but being able to see them in real time and to understand what's happening in real time. And because we've got that API partnership with all of the platforms and one of only a few with TikTok, we can bring all that data into our central platform for them to, to be able to access. So you know, it's part what you're presenting and it's also part how you're presenting is is, is what's moving moving the story on. And and the last bit is we, you know, we've done quite a lot of work around, you know, the the sort of emotional impact and the emotional positioning of brands and trying to understand where they fit. One of one of the things we like to do with a brand is to really get a sense of where we think they fit today, where do their competitors how are their competitors acting and behaving and is there like a white space for them is there an opportunity for them to come into the into the market with something that might be a bit of a usp for them okay i just want to touch a little bit in terms of platforms uh, obviously you've got the you know, instagrams and youtubes of the world that have been running influencer campaigns for a long time but then new players like tiktok have emerged and become extremely popular uh, i just wanted to get your views marco in terms of the different platforms do they have any sort of strengths and weaknesses or are they all sort of good in different ways how would you sort of you know advise a client in terms of what platform that they should be you know they should be using influencers on tiktok is obviously the one that everyone is talking about right now absolutely no doubt i think they all bring um tiktok has brought a lot of excitement because it's it's and i know it's an overused word so apologies but they've brought that authenticity to uh in terms of how people are engaging with with the platform and how the creators are using it's very real and it's obviously brought a lot of fun and a lot of energy to uh the creator space so i think uh it's interesting because TikTok is the one that brands are, are probably, they definitely want to get into, but are a, a little bit cautious of. I think we've seen, you know, we've seen how they all start to look at each other. So, 
YouTube traditionally was that longer form, certainly from a creator perspective, longer form quality. But that you know they've started to have to respond to the TikTok generation as well with shorts, and likewise TikTok is probably expanding a little bit, expanding the length of their videos to give give brands an opportunity and and to give creators an opportunity. So. They are all. They all have their place, and I think one of the pieces of work that we do with a brand up front is really understanding, as I said earlier on, with that briefing process, understanding where they fit and how to use those different platforms is a really important part of what's happening. Well, what's your take on the different platforms, Brad? I mean, obviously, you worked at you know at one of the bigger ones, but uh, you must have a, a sort of more general view in terms of where the strengths and weaknesses are for each platform. Yeah, I don't know that I, I I don't know that it's strengths and weaknesses necessarily. I think you know obviously TikTok is super hot. You know, is actually kind of created this new um, way of talking to people. But it, it, I don't know that it's necessarily an advantage. It's something new. Um, and the idea is when there's something new, there's a huge opportunity for marketers to be a I don't want to say be an early adopter, but to understand how to communicate in that mechanism better, like first or before other marketers kind of get there. It ends up it ends up being um, both less expensive, but because you're one of the only ones there, it's much more impactful on the measurement side because there aren't other marketers there having that, those conversations. And so, I do think new is in this case generally uh, good because it allows you to to be the only one there. That TikTok mechanism of communication is it's here to stay. Um, figuring out how to kind of communicate it is a, is a priority and it's going to only probably grow. There will be another one and not too long. I'm sure. I don't know what it is. It may be that from one of the other companies, but the idea is when these new things pop up, you're actually advantaged if you are one of the early ones to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, another thing that sort of gets mentioned a lot in marketing, so it's all increasingly so anyway, um, you know, are things like NFTs, blockchain technology, crypto. I guess just for the benefit of our listeners, can you, can you explain what an NFT is and, and how it might apply in influence marketing? Yeah, so non-fungible token. So basically a unique virtual virtual token that, you know, in the world of in the world of uh, creators, they can use it either as a gateway. So one of the ways that we're seeing quite a lot is how creators release these uh, NFTs to their fans and they can the fans can buy these NFTs and they can then get access to other benefits. So it's kind of like a membership into that, you know, that particular creator's world that that is is beyond the NFT itself. So I think, um, you know, it can come in any shape or form. I mean, it, it's worth for anyone who's got kids and, you know, they're on Fortnite, you know, they haven't got into NFTs yet, but they've got virtual currency, which is the crypto, which is V-Bucks, and they've got the skins for all of the characters in there, which would be the NFTs. So that's that's how I always sort of the easiest way I can sort of uh, I certainly talk to my son about it, but it can be anything. It can be any any virtual. It can be a skin. It can be an avatar. It could be a virtual bag. It could be virtual shoes. It could be um, anything whatsoever that uh, people can buy into. I think the way that people are seeing the benefit of it is to then attach to that some utility or value like you know you you can come you can come to a personal showing with me or you can come and meet uh myself and whatever or you can get into the creator house 
etc etc so how you use it then there's a myriad of different ways at its heart it's about how they can monetize how creators can monetize what they're doing i do think that if you look at like i mean it's you know, if you look at the uh, the real life example of the brands like, you know, the Air Jordans or something like that, like it's a mechanism. It is a great mechanism for these creators to be able to um, uh, basically provide value, provide value and connection to them um, and actually get compensated for that without actually asking for without actually saying, Oh, pay for access to this, right? And, and like it, it's this, and it works really well. And then also, I think there's a great place for brands to participate in that connection, um, to both help creators actually, uh, you know, develop these kind of NFT strategies, but also, um, to help promote those NF, those NFT strategies and these things. And so I do think it is this, again, it's like this great mechanism for creators to get value for this audience that they, that they've been able to curate. Final question. Um, and I'll ask both of you this. What do you think will be the next major development in how influencer marketing matures? Something that, that you think will be a game changer. Let's start off with you, Brad, and then I'll go to Marco. Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm obviously biased in this, uh, given my, my whole background is I do think, I think on the measurement side, um, I do think that there are, there is this, you mentioned at the outset is like, is this the wild west? And I do think it is still, whether you talk to the, you know, Procter and Gambles of the world, um, or, you know, the real e-commerce players like the Wayfarers or the, or the Netflix or whatever, there's still this, um, I don't want to say it's not a fear. It's a unknown. It's unknown in terms of how well it works. Um, I think once we get that next phase that I was mentioning of really understanding the behavioral changes that happen as a result of running influencer marketing, we know, and people know that and just embrace it. I think that there's going to be this kind of wave of the next set of marketers. It's going to be, it's instead of it being like a side thing that people um, may run a, a portion of their campaign that's influencer marketing. They'll actually think, well, the creator economy is how I should be starting my campaigns. I should be thinking about how am I going to get this message out there in a lot of different ways as opposed, as opposed to, oh, I'm going to, I've got this campaign. What is my creator piece of this? Okay. Marco, what about you? What, what's one major game changer in, in terms of influencer marketing that you, that you see in the horizon? Oh, I think I think this is a tough question. I, I would say, you know, for me, we 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 talk about the creator economy. I I just feel like the economy is going to be driven more and more by this community, which is never ever growing community. And I, I feel like we're going to see the the creator economy itself growing and becoming incredibly mainstream. We're going to see that combined with you know, the biggest trends going on around us as, uh, uh, at the moment. And I, I think, I know, you know, some people rather eyes, but the discussion around the metaverse and virtual worlds, I think is going to be, uh, those two things are going to go hand in glove. I think you're going to see creators really embrace that world and how they can be part of it and how they can lead it. Then we're going to have the brands uh, that are going to follow along with that. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Marco and Brad, for joining the campaign podcast. 
A big thank you to our producer, Lindsay Riley from Rethink Audio, and to all of you for joining us and listening today. Please do subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Acast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, That's it for me. Um, On behalf of the campaign team, until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.